0: back to the Beers and Sears podcast week 11. Um, boy does it feel terrible. I'm still not over it. I'm still depressed. I still don't know what constitutes uh, a helmet coming off. John do you know what that means?
1: Nope. Okay. I do not but hashtag big, big 12 refs. Am I
0: right? Yeah seriously. Uh, thank God it wasn't Alan X. Shout out to that guy. I miss him. Uh, Alright, well we had a game this weekend and we lost barely on two point play and then uh, there was even more drama after the game but we'll dive into what happened into the game uh, here in just a moment, but as always start out uh, keep on following us Instagram, uh, as I'm, I will make good on my promise from last week we got over the 300 followers so thank you very much for that I think we're still going, I think I, I, we should have made it 325 and honestly we might, we might have hit that uh, Yeah,
1: we're sitting at 311 right now Are we Pretty really? Solid. So that's up 51 from this time last week, so it's a huge jump. Thank you for everyone who has followed the ground. I hope you guys are now listening to this podcast as you make your way to work on Thursday or Friday morning, or maybe Saturday. Who knows? You do you.
0: Alright, if this gets to 325 by 8 o'clock Thursday, October 8th, November 8th, wow, I will October. chug a Baja Blast on top of the tacos. So
1: tomorrow morning?
0: No, tomorrow. It's 8 p.m.
1: Oh, 8 p.m.
0: Because okay. tomorrow at 8 p.m., John, I'm walking to Taco Bell and eating five tacos and possibly downing a Baja Blast.
1: There you go.
0: So keep it going. We really do appreciate that. That's awesome. Keep on Snapchatting us, all the koozies. Uh, we're going to Yeah, and... definitely
1: Snapchat the koozies or send us pics from the stadium or from wherever you are watching the game, tailgating, uh, doing whatever the hell you do on Saturday. Uh, we'll try our best to put it on Instagram to we'll give you some uh, credit for showing our uh, stuff around. we got people from. D.C. sending us pictures. Yeah, wait, I saw like Play. people
0: wearing our shirts in D.C. I was like, I, they definitely didn't buy a shirt, but I don't care. Like, hey, look, I'll matter. take it.
1: We're, we're, yeah, hey. I'm sure there's some random people in D.C. who are like, what is Beers and Steers? Yeah.
0: Boom. Boom, there, there you go. Burning. That's viral marketing. We're about to be on the – and we're going to be on the West Coast um, as of tomorrow. We'll we haven't gone
1: international yet, so oh,
0: – shit, that's our next one.
1: Cerveza y vacos has not happened yet, but <laughs> well, we have a – it's like ESPN Deportes.
0: Mm, more like he's being the Ocho. But okay. Uh, keep on following Instagram, uh, Twitter, Snapchat us, everything. Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Anchor. Please, please keep on listening. We really do uh, love seeing those numbers go up. Uh, and voicemails. We got a couple good voicemails this week. Uh, shout out, voicemails. I like shout, the shout out Zach Maffridge. Uh, he left us, I think, five, um, four of which I will not play. Uh, um, uh, 802-487-6107 802-487-6107 I gave some shirts out this week If you're in Austin, please text me your address or, yeah, just text me your address and I'll have our little delivery man come drop your shirt off for you Uh, We still got shirts too, large and XL and gray Um, and I think I still have one double XL so if you eat a lot for Thanksgiving and you need that extra x uh please let me know don't talk about yourself like that no I'm not man that's hey come on that's a fat Bell. yeah man. after that talk about I'm gonna definitely gonna need a double xl uh but yeah if you still haven't received yours just give me a text and we'll get that to you but uh as always let's uh let's go beer of the week with our boys over at Wild Acre John what do you got
1: yes uh so as all of you know who are loyal listeners we are sponsored by Wild Acre Brewery our brewing co out of Fort Worth if this is your first time listening and hearing that uh it's a great brewery, uh, one of Stuart's favorites. He goes and watch football games and on Saturdays. Uh, we're kind of making our way through their different beer selections over the last few weeks, now that we are legally allowed to say they are our sponsor. Um, but we've made our way, let's see, what's, this is number five, I guess, but this week's Beer of the Week, I've not had it myself. Um, still trying to get some of these beers down to Houston, He's <clears throat> or Stuart. Um,
0: Those will get there eventually.
1: Yeah, that's settle. that's
0: not a pro- that's an empty promise if you've ever. The heard Southeast
1: of Division is really not getting their, their fill here, but it's okay. Um, the beer of the week, want to be talking here, Soul Pleasure Southern Stout. Um, this is actually a beer that's sold year round, according to their website. So I know the last few weeks you have done seasonal beers, but um, Stuart, have you had this beer before, or have you seen it around?
0: I've seen it around. I have not had said beer.
1: Okay. Well, once again, really cool can. Uh, we'll make sure we post this on our Instagram page um, this evening or tomorrow morning, so you can try to find it in your local beer depots for this weekend. So, at Alexa, make sure you post the Soul Pleasure Southern Stout on our Instagram page.
0: Boom. All right. Shout-out again to our boys over at Wildacre. If you're in uh, Fort Worth this weekend, uh, they'll definitely have the game on. I know they will. They'll have food trucks, all that Good stuff. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. They've always got the the beer garden. Tons of TVs. It's wide open too. I think it's gonna be like perfect outdoor like drinking weather too. So they have
1: like food trucks and all
0: that. Yeah, they've got food trucks in the parking lot. I think. Um, Actually, I know, I know they do. And they usually have live music on Saturday. So if you're in Fort Worth this weekend, if you're in Dallas, um, can't uh, done. We want to go watch the game. Go check out Wild Acre. But all right, let's dive uh, head first into this. Head first into some concrete. West Virginia recap just go over general I I, I am I Damn am it. yeah that and I'm officially like really worried not for our play but more like the mental uh I don't know the mental side of this game of our team now yeah with how they didn't respond against a crappy road loss in uh, Oklahoma State and at home, sellout crowd. It was loud, to Like, don't like stadium. I know, like people were kind of wondering if it's actually a sellout. It was definitely a sellout. That fourth down was so loud, but I'm still worried. Just like when a team loses with a combined score of four points over the last two games, that's just not fun. And yeah, it's I meant to ask you, hard to get up. What, what
1: was the, I guess, the crowd? I mean. It- It looked a little thin on the students to to start, but it filled out throughout the game. What was was your, I guess, thought on the crowd and then comparing that to uh, TCU or West Virginia? Would you say this was the best of the year or what?
0: I would put it second best. I think USC has been the best yet. This was second behind that, and then TCU is pretty close third. TCU and West Virginia might have been um, tied, honestly. Yes, it was a little thin in the student section to get off, I honestly blame that on the weather because it was act- like literally perfect tailgating weather. Um, so I think everyone was just having a little too many cocktails outside, which is fine. I was too, but...
1: Uh, so the, the night game, I would say, it sounds like is still DKR doesn't get completely packed unless it's a night game.
0: Yeah, I think I think you could say that. Um, yeah, no, you're probably right there. The student, the end zone student was definitely not as packed as it was for USC. So... Yeah. That's, I think, was the main, the main kind of difference between. If it was a night game, I think that would have obviously impacted. I think you're right. So, well, we have a
1: night game versus Iowa State, so I'm looking forward to seeing how that that's the last home game will be.
0: Is that at seven or what
1: time is that? Yeah, it's a Longhorn Network game at seven. So, okay, um, that's yeah. been announced all year. So, I, I think, right, I think it'll be interesting to see how the crowd goes. But yeah, I, I, to your point about the mental side of it, I think it'll be interesting to see how this team. To see if we've changed, I think the last couple of years, uh, especially under Charlie, that we've kind of folded when mm-hmm. things weren't going our way. It really like everyone was like, "Oh, Texas, Texas tough. Like they're gonna, you know, bounce back and whatnot." It just never really did, and I'm, I'm not gonna blame Tyrone, but he always had really bad body language when we started losing. But it'll be interesting to see what, how Sam's leadership and maturity affects the rest of the team. I don't think. I'm not as nervous about a mental letdown as you are, but I can definitely see, you know, after coming out 6-1 and and losing two games by less than five points, how it could be pretty frustrating. But I think this senior class is hungry, and I think we finally have that quarterback who can instill energy in everybody to, you know, I guess, not give up on a season, which we should not be giving up. We still got a chance.
0: I mean, I do agree with you on the fact that Sam like is gonna step up, and I have faith in that. And he did this past, um, this past weekend. I mean, on Saturday he played unbelievable, highest yards yet. Uh, we'll get into his play later on, but I, I'm more worried about the defensive side of the ball, especially when you have your, you know, your senior, your true senior starters, Wheeler, uh, Gary Johnson and then pj Locke are the only and chris boyd are the only healthy ones and then hager is a captain which i know hager's that's still whatever but he's i mean he we haven't heard anything on him on his ability to go and when wheeler and gary and pj are by far the biggest whipping boys on the defense it's kind of like oh god like that's supposed to be our rock, that's supposed to be the guys that the younger guys are looking up to, stuff like that. When they're playing really bad, like, how do they respond? I, I yeah, was,
1: it, it trickles down.
0: Right. I was, you know, because if they, the younger, you know, Overshawn, Shark, guys like that, when they see Wheeler and Gary and PJ, you know, not trying as hard or something like that, not going, everything going their way, how, do, how I'm not saying they are, but if they that does kind of happen, you know, we're down in two touchdowns, in Lubbock at half, like, how's the defense respond, you know? Because yeah. that's not crazy to say that we're in that situation. So, that's what I'm worried about from a mental side as a standpoint. I guess, really with the defense. I have so much faith in this offense now. Offensive line play is so sexy. I, I loved it.
1: So Let's stay on the West Virginia game. So, I guess you kind of already transitioned just into defense from a high-level perspective. Um, I'll kind of start us off, but – Kind of talked about this before the, the episode tonight, but it was kind of one of those games once Devontae and Hager went out where you knew this defense was just needing, just wasn't going to make stops that we needed. And when they were doing that in the third quarter, you know, they had that fourth down stop. They had, I think, a three and out where West Virginia tried to run like a sweep where mm-hmm. the sweep just got destroyed by Taquan Graham. Um, it, the defense. Let's just be honest. They were terrible. It yeah. was ugly. <laughs> I mean, it was ugly. They, I don't give get start on the, the last play. Um, but it just could, it couldn't make stops. It reminded me a lot of the defense um, from, I guess, two or three years ago where we were just getting torched over the top. But what was more frustrating was, like, a lot of the run plays, they were getting, like, five yards before they were touched. So, um, I mean I that what,
0: The first and 15 – Run play, what for a touchdown in the second, I believe, or maybe early third. Yeah, that was just like the biggest heartbreaker I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, and the mental. I mean, I don't know. I, I they were saying on our Joel Clatt, who's like, "We're gonna be a big Longhorn fan." Really? But I was saying on the Fox. Yeah, he is
0: um, right. You're right. Broadcast. We got
1: Gus Johnson and Joel Clatt on. Like, we usually get them for some of the games. Um. Joel Clout was saying that the horse collar in the pocket is not, I guess, yeah. technically what a call. Yeah. the hell? Um, but when you watch that replay, man, it, it was kind of pretty. It was pretty ugly tackles by, by Roach. I believe it was Malcolm Roach. Um, but hey, if that's not a call that's supposed to be made, which the call they made was horse collar, not roughing the passer, then you know, hashtag Big 12 reps again. Um, but. Just small mistakes like that, and then obviously we'll get to more specific plays at the end of the game. But, yeah, defense let us down again. And it was, I don't know. I don't, uh, I don't yeah. know what and we need to do.
0: When the offense just plays like that well, that's probably their best performance of the season. All position groups really looked cohesive. Even when you're, you know, your star, stud, young running back can't really get going, um, little Jordan Humphrey makes up for it. Devon, Duvernay makes up for it. Sam makes up for it. O-line gave up one sack. We'll get all all that in just a second. But like, I don't want the offense to start pointing fingers. I don't think they have started. But again, like, we're what's what happens if we're in the same exact situation this upcoming weekend where it's forty to thirty-three and the offense is like we just put up thirty-three points in the freaking three quarters. Like, what's going on? How are yeah. we losing this game? So. I don't know. I'm going back to my original point. I'm worried about our mental ab- approach for the rest of the season.
1: Yeah. I do think, though, I, I mean, looking back on this season, like Baylor, we got pretty lucky. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. You could argue Kansas State,
0: too.
1: Kansas, that was my next one was Kansas State. We got kind of lucky. OU, we made ourselves get lucky at the end. Like, that was just an mm. absolute. Yeah. A, we, we killed them for three quarters and forgot how to play in the fourth. But we're kind of regressing to the mean of like, what we like, thought like what no. this team was actually going to be. Yeah. And um, it was great. We had a hell of a run. Um, but we're kind of losing games that we expected. But that's not to say we still don't have a chance at you know making some noise. So um, do we want to dive into, I guess, specific no. players now or do you want to keep talking big picture?
0: One, one more point with the big picture, and I think the regressing to the mean that what you said was really – uh, key, and I, I like, I love diving into those kind of weird like 538 stats and all that, and I remember looking at 538, which if you're not aware, it's just like the super advanced sabermetrics nerd football talk, but uh, it it had us when we were going into Oklahoma State, it had us as, you know, what we were ranked 6th in the country going into that game, or yeah, something like that, and we were by far the biggest the biggest margin between our actual ap ranking and our what they use the fpi ranking which is really just more based off pure stats i think we are at like six and yeah we we're at six in the ap and we we're at like 25 in the fpi it was like okay whoa like they're obviously fading us pretty hard from a statistical standpoint so yeah i agree with you that the returning to the mean is right But at the other hand, like the kind of football, like hard-o stats can shove them up your ass. It's like we lost by a point on a two-point conversion uh, after, you know, I don't know. It's just such a, there's uh, so many numbers that goes into it. But at the end of the day, like if Shark doesn't get sucked inside on that two-point conversion and makes a pretty easy tackle on a not-so-mobile quarterback, then that's the difference. It's just such a weird game. and. That's college football in general, and that's what drives you crazy, and that's why you love it 100%. But, all right, let's go into, into individual players. And sorry to go on a nerd tangent there, but let's start with the offense. John, who uh, who would you say kind of had the best overall uh, individual performance from your eyes?
1: Oh, uh, I want to start with mine. Uh, okay, I'll take a little Jordan Humphrey. Yeah. Um, kind of easy. He uh, a team season high of 143 yards in this game. Uh, two catches that were just like, I don't want to steal your thunder, but just, he got mossed. He got mossed. Uh, <laughs> and the first one, I remember, like, Sam, credit Sam for the throw. It was like a 30 yard pass, like, off his back foot, and it was a prayer of a throw, but no, the catch such was a unreal. prayer. Also, got two feet down, and he, like, palmed the ball. Like, they were kind of, looked like they were trying to go for a review on, like, him juggling it and not, not having possession all the way through the catch. He just palmed it. On the way down, it was like okay. Yeah,
0: uh, we were wondering that were they uh, reviewing whether it was a catch or reviewing whether it was a touchdown.
1: Uh, they were reviewing it whether it was a touchdown because he kind of reached. Yeah. Um, but uh, don't even give me a start on the freaking reviews of the game. Jeez. Yeah, uh, we'll get into that. Uh, I think that lost us have like two touchdowns, but um, oh, and then the other his other catch yeah, was just like third I, down. I said this, like, on our notes page here, but when he caught it, I literally jumped out of my chair, like, for the first time. I have not done that since I was a little kid. <laughs> I, I, I was freaking out. I don't know why I was like – and I looked around, and I think everyone was laughing at me, but it's okay. <laughs> but, uh, unbelievable game. Um, I hate to say – I don't want to say it, but, yeah, your your notes on him regarding probably going to the NFL next year are probably accurate. I would think it's a smart decision. Yeah. But I hope it's not what he does, but he's – Gaining a lot of attention, just a very athletic guy, big body, can make unbelievable plays. And um, I don't know, awesome game from him. And I'm trying to remember what his touchdown was. Was it because the two catches weren't touchdowns? It was
0: just that right over the middle. Yes. Scene on the north end zone, I believe. But no, yeah, little Jordan Humphrey played unbelievable. They got Moss. Both Moss catches were sick, and yeah, it's gonna suck watching him leave. I think it's it's not looking good um, on that front. But things change. You know, you never know. On the other hand, everything that I've seen with Colin Johnson is looking good, which is so scary to think. But uh, hopefully we could get at least one of those guys to stay in the receiving core would still be pretty stacked next year. But uh, going kind of hand-in-hand with little Jordan Humphrey, I'm always going to – Humphrey. Humphrey. I'm always going to bring this up. But, I mean, the offensive line protection – all game was incredible, and this was going into a game that we knew we were going to have to throw the ball a lot. Uh, we were obviously going to try and run it down their throats, but that obviously was not going well in the first half. And so credit to Beck and to Herman and essentially Sam and trusting the O-line. They I mean, are like, okay, we can let him drop back 30, 40 times, uh, and we'll be fine. And the one sack they gave up was bad on a crazy play action pass that looked like Sean Watson drew it up. It was just a confusing ass like two like it's just f- so frustrating to watch but uh, at the end of the day they and they brought the house a couple times, picked it up perfectly. I mean there was like obviously bringing the house and I'm sitting there before the snap like get rid of it get rid of it, get rid of it and Sam's got like three seconds to throw. I was like oh my god oh, this is incredible to watch. Not one guy had a really bad block or anything terrible. Um, I, I think Cosme might be their best offensive lineman which is crazy to say but he is a absolute monster and yeah, very he's exciting. Be great
1: left, left tackle. Yeah,
0: that's gonna be fun to watch next year. And I mean, if you're an NFL scout, you've got to at least be putting him in a little tickler file. Wow. Yeah, um, that's a that's a bold statement, but I'm sticking with it.
1: Um. Okay. My well, next good kind of easy, uh, obvious answer. Sam. Uh, threw for 354 yards uh, season high, I think a career high for him. I didn't check last I it, year I would assume high. I
0: think it was.
1: Um, ran for was it one or two touchdowns?
0: Uh, it looks like he ran for one.
1: I believe it was one, but uh, most importantly, and I'm queuing the curse because it's probably going to happen in Lubbock this weekend, he had no interceptions. Uh, he's protecting the ball which was a huge issue last year and at Maryland. We all thought, oh god, here we go again. But he just protects the ball, I and mean, I mean, he's a legit dual-threat quarterback, man. It's it's awesome to watch. I think Texas football posted on Instagram today. has like 16 touchdowns in the air and like nine, I don't know, I think running maybe off by a few here and there. But um, awesome game from him again. Um, and I think he's turning in or molding into that leader that we really need that everyone can get behind. Um, he's 100% healthy which is nice I know we were concerned about that yep. over the last few weeks but yeah huge plays um, you had a note on here about someone telling you maybe maybe I don't know if they were telling you but um, or maybe you just thought this that we scored too early on that last possession
0: no I've just um, seen some stuff that's like we scored, we gave them too much time on that last possession like, yeah, no, go fuck yourself if you're thinking that
1: yeah well, we're not good Politely. enough to not score you know to not yeah, to not score I mean if you got a chance You gotta go get it I don't I mean yeah We probably could have Marched down the field and taken another minute and a half off And probably had Dicker Kick a field goal for the win I just don't think We're that good enough yet No um, Yeah okay so,
0: Looking back on it Yeah like Duvernay Should have fallen down At like the five yard line Okay maybe you can argue that But like At the end of the day You just You take the touchdown it's, You just We're not.
1: It. We're not like smart enough To be no. honest oh, I
0: would not trust us at all Are you kidding like, me
1: we don't make that kind of in-game no uh, plays, but like that's like that running back. I don't know who it was. I think it was was it the Chargers or the Rams who fell on like the yeah. one yard line. Todd and, Gurley hitting that was yeah, for the I, over I, and the cover. Yeah, and like all the fantasy people were freaking out. That was pretty <laughs> um, funny, actually no, but anyway, Sam another great game from him. Starting to get a little bit of like not a little bit, but it's a lot of national attention, which is pretty cool. Um, I mean, and he's never played in Lubbock, so i just interested yeah. to see what he does going up there.
0: No, yeah, the the Big Twelve breaking the Big Twelve record for most passes consecutive without an INT is unbelievable. When you really think about how many really good quarterbacks have come through the Big Twelve, especially in the last like five years, uh, that's awesome. And I looked, and he technically had more yards against uh, Kansas State last year, but that was two overtimes. So regular. Uh, four quarters. This was his most this is his best performance. But uh going to the one kind of bad of the game, and it's not a bad. It was really more concerning, I guess. More interesting to see is Keontae really didn't get going. He had a few decent runs. Uh I think he had one that he broke for uh no. Never mind, he had no decent runs. He had one his longest was for seven yards, thirteen carries and thirty yards. That's not good. Uh, you've got to get more out of your stud, by far your most talented running back on your offense. I don't know what it was. I don't, I'll put some blame on the offensive line, but I really don't want to put that much because they were handling the Washington D line pretty handily. And I mean, Watson looked like freaking Cedric Benson out there. So if yeah, he can it's like do that, yeah, Trey it, Watson made up for it. Yeah, oh, we made up for it big time, and he was another guy we were gonna talk about. But like, if Trey Watson is breaking off tackles and you know, really getting open. He had what two touchdowns? Uh, so
1: one touchdown, eighty yards.
0: Okay, there you go. Somebody's staring at the box score, but um, yeah. If he can do it, then Keontae one hundred percent can. So he had two touchdowns. Yeah. He had one rushing, one receiving. Suck it. Uh,
1: Was there any? Um, I guess lingering issue with Keontae I don't remember reading anything about him maybe it just was an off, off week or something
0: everything I've seen is that he really hasn't been 100% the entire year so I think it's possible but it. I don't know I would like to blame it on that because he just looks like slow for some reason um, but yeah. yeah that's that's pretty much it from an offensive standpoint we've already talked about it a lot but they just played so well fought their asses off Sam I mean you can put every all the weight on his shoulders and he'll take it. It just looks way more composed. When they started playing they started playing Mo Bamba, I think it was when right before he walked in to the end yeah. zone, he was he was feeling it. He was like dancing I was like, okay, like there's a zero percent chance he's like if this is a quarterback read, this is not a read. This is a quarterback draw. Like he is a hundred percent taking the ball and hundred percent scoring the end zone, And it that's exactly what happened. So Let's uh, let's unfortunately go to the other side of the football game.
1: Um, the defense played bad. All right, moving on. Yeah, uh, let's, uh,
0: <laughs> I would love to end it there, but I'm about to get real heated. John, what what did you see that was disappointing I mean, to you?
1: The injuries did not help. Let's start with that. I mean, that we Anthony Cook had to come out in the first quarter. I mean, I don't think it's like the second possession. Devontae went uh, out for like the second play.
0: He came out. He came in, I believe, the fourth play.
1: Yeah. So I mean, Anthony Cook. Had to come out. He was kind of a deer in the headlights to begin with. They were keen on him. Um, a lot of double moves against him that he did not bite on. I'm actually going to get on him in a 2nd Um let's see who else. Uh, Hager went out. We were already down. B. Jones. Wheeler was out the first few possessions. Oh, shout out so-
0: Shout out real quick, Reagan Cook. I don't even know if he listens, but that dude, we pretty much broke the uh, news that B. Jones was not going to be playing uh, in this game. That was uh, pretty sweet. So thank you for that information.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I shouldn't have said your name because now Tom Herman's going to know, but it's okay.
1: Yeah, he definitely listens. Yeah, um, I don't know, man. I did, I kind of mentioned it earlier about the chess match, chess match feel. Um, I think Todd Orlando had probably I, – I don't know if you can say it was worse than Oklahoma State. It just kind of felt the same. Like, we weren't really yeah. making – in-game adjustments like we were previously. I think we actually did not give up a first possession touchdown for the first time, which was kind of It was
0: nice. a field goal.
1: Yeah, woohoo! Um, yeah, just very frustrating game. and They made a few stops. It was like, all right. But just so many young guys were out there. It's just hard to really uh, chew it up. But, you know, we'll get on the linebackers here in a second.
0: No, we're going to get on them right now because they played so terrible again. Uh, Gary was pretty much useless the entire game. Uh, I don't know what's wrong with him. He's not flying to the ball. He's on outside runs. He's just not there like how he normally is. Blitz is on the outside. He looks like he's half speed. He looks, I don't know, he literally looks like a slow motion. I, I'm almost worried that he's got some injury that they're not telling us, but who knows? I can totally see Gary being hurt this whole year and not saying it. It's just that type of player, but it's still frustrating to watch when you see when you've seen him at his best and he's not uh, performing to that same level uh, Wheeler is so slow uh, he got picked on all game shout out Shake all offensive coordinator West Virginia I mean he knew exactly where to hit us not that it's that hard but he was uh, targeting Wheeler when he got one on one with Sills or Sims or Jennings it was just completely 100% fourth down, first fourth down Shark played Okay, but not that great.
1: He was lost on the first possession. He got better throughout the game, but they were keying on him.
0: Yeah, until that the last play of the game, and he pretty much. I don't want to put all the blame on him, but I mean, on that play, he was he gave up that play. He got completely sucked inside, um, and he's a smarter player than that. He's playing his normal position position to be better at, bebacker, backer, but the, the defense in general, just like that 3-2 that Orlando runs, which I like that we run that, especially in the Big 12, but it relies so heavily on great linebacker play, like really good linebacker play. That's the why TCU's defense has always been good. They've always had stud linebackers. They've always had speed. Uh, it, you just can't have it when both senior linebackers are playing this bad. It's The defense falls apart and puts way too much pressure on the kind of safeties and then the corners and then then ultimately the you know, D-line D all around, it just blows up in your face. So I, I'm sick of ranting about him. I really hope they come out and shut me up this week, but it's so hard not to.
1: Um, yeah, I wonder how much of Hager's injury had an impact on Gary's play last week. I feel like he was having to compensate for a lot more with Taquan. I don't know. I, I wonder what that kind of impact that has. Um, but I guess let's talk about our two goods. Let's just have some sort of shining light on the defense. I want to give a shout out to the Houston Lamar boy, Anthony Cook. I think he, even though he was keyed on early, was able to get some very important playing time for himself to mature. Um, I think he had two or three, I guess, targets in his direction where I noticed him make some good plays. Um, this is really hard to say he was good because I just can cannot think of somebody else. No,
0: I agree um, with you. He, he really did play well for the position that he got put in.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's so – you can just see he's a freshman. But, hell, he's a five-star. We got to go, man. Like, we got to – we better be ready to go next year. So, um
0: – Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. stars He, yeah, he like, stepped up to the plate and played as well as he probably, possibly could. Um – uh, on the other side of the ball, I thought Chris Boyd played pretty well, too. I know people hate him, and he's such a polarizing player, but he really did not get picked on. He didn't get bite on any really bad double moves. The P.I. was pretty – I think it was a 50-50 call.
1: No, he had him. He had his back arm. He had
0: him. Yeah, I don't know. They were being so ticky-tacky. He should have known better than that. But that's just the kind of style of play that he does. That's how how he operates. But he he did play well um, enough. So
1: he's so, gotten really good at like getting beat, but like
0: making, making up for it. Yeah,
1: like uh, he had a, that pass to Sills. Um, it was a tough catch for Sills, but he at least like was able to get a hand on Sills once he had made like contact with the ball. Mm-hmm. It was like he, he's really boy's gotten really good at just like last second saving himself, which hell that's part of the, part of the position I guess, but. Um, he also had one on Sills where he literally like tackled him before the ball even got there, and I was like, "Wow, he didn't get called for that." But hashtag Big Twelve refs. Um, let me go with my bad real quick. Um, kind of easy one again. Caden Stearns uh, really is kind of going back to the theme of regressing to the mean. Um, he's playing like a freshman now. Um, I think the things that stand out to me, obviously, the the last play. Um, hmm was very frustrating um, when watching it I, I rewinded it right after the game ended and I wanted to see um, the, the play before I believe or one or two plays before or multiple plays before the last I guess play that you know they scored on and took the lead um he was, or they ran for like 10 or 15 yards. And when they started getting on our side of the ball, like that was, it was, I think it was 30 seconds left. So Orlando pulled him up from, I guess, where he was normally starting out on plays mm-hmm. to kind of, I guess, stuff the run plays, which really weren't working. But the moment they pulled him up is when, was it, who was it that caught the, was it Jennings who caught the pass? Uh, Yeah. So Jennings went right by his turns. One. I'm not giving him, like, any sort of excuse for letting a receiver get by him. But it was kind of a, something I noticed when I was watching that. He was hit off the screen, and then all of a sudden he was up for the last few plays. But something else that stood out to me was were, I guess, the when he did this in Oklahoma State as well, or at Oklahoma State, he over-pursues on run plays, and he misses the hole. And then, like, literally it's just like a, a free run for the running back to just get, I think it was – I don't know what that running back's name was for West Virginia, but the one where he ran it all the way down to, like, the one or scored a touchdown. Mm -hmm. Um, It was Stearns who missed not only, like, the hole, but the the read in general. So that's unfortunate to see. That's more of a freshman mistake than we expected earlier on, which he was not thinking. um, What the hell? Like, all
0: he looks like – I was saying he's going to the Thorpe Award, and now – Yeah, you cursed him. I really did curse him. That's on me. I'm sorry. Well, I'm not that sorry because he played so freaking good the first – five games and then all of a sudden Lincoln Riley did something against him to just eliminate uh, but yeah that last play I mean you just can't let anything go over your head like that and I mean he had as Thompson who was on him and Thompson knew he had Stearns over the top so he gave him a little bit of a cushion knowing he had over the top but I mean Stearns has just got to know you've got what 20 seconds yeah, left less, in the game and, less
1: than 30 seconds left you just can't keep the ball in front of you
0: yeah exactly you give up the first down if you have to I mean if you give it the first down they've got like two timeouts or something like yeah. you'll be fine I mean shout out Will Greer like yeah, that sorry, sorry. throw if you go back and look at that throw he is almost about to throw it to another guy I can't remember who and he just makes unbelievable like footwork just kind of real quickly it looks like kind of a Baker Mayfield you know and, like slings it out there and all of a sudden, it's like game over. You're just like, oh, or not game over, game tied. It's like, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me.
1: Yeah, huge credit to him, actually. He had some pros that were filthy. Yeah. But he's not the Heisman candidate everyone
0: was. Like, no, to. No, no, he's not. He's a good, he's a really good quarterback, and he'll probably go um, first round, but he no, is. No,
1: he, he's too small.
0: I don't know, man. He can put you the ball wherever. you just say first round? Dude, I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, maybe not first round, but he's going first or second.
1: Okay. No. No. You don't God, think so? No. no.
0: Oh man, I don't know. He uh, can put. Yeah. Look at. Look at like what Mahomes and those types of guys True. are doing this year. True. Good point. Like they Mahomes. want. That's what the NFL wants. It's gonna like they've just been ignoring it for the past ten years. The Big Twelve has been like sitting there like, "Hey, you dipshits! Look how much yeah, fun this does. is to watch. Look how. Look, you like points? Here, put this guy at quarterback and you'll score some points. Like, yeah." whatever. All right. That was our weird NFL <laughs> yeah, tangent no, of the That year. was a
1: great pass. Um, he had multiple passes that were just like, one of them, I guess late in the first half. I think it was on the North end zone, but yeah, that ball could not have been any better. Um, unfortunate. But yeah, Stearns, come on, man. We got to, we got to get him to wake up and come, come back to there earlier right. in the season. turns. Well,
0: the game itself is just so frustrating. So sad. I've said it to multiple people. It's probably the closest I've ever come to crying after a, freaking sporting game I'm so (laughs) embarrassed to say that but that might have had something to do with the couple of beers I drank during the game but anyways learn from it Tom Herman's comments after the game we we've mentioned it we'll just talk about real quick I thought they're pretty bad you you just got to take the loss and know when to walk away say good game Uh, the horns down thing like I mean it's a penalty every single time because that's the rules like you can't mock the other team I don't you know whatever if you do it it's messed up, I'm going to scream obscenities at you, but, like...
1: No, it's nothing new. Everyone freaking right. does it. I mean, it's, it is what it is. It's only when you do it, I mean, on big-time stages of when refs do it, when we play at Kansas and they do it, it's never called. But
0: right, exactly,
1: yeah. OU's learn not to do it, so they don't do it unless they're running out of the gates. It, it's it's a thing that I agree uh, it's...
0: Uh, I think it I'm goes hand-in-hand hand with the... We always we the last couple of weeks we've talked about bad officiating, but this was really bad on both sides. Like there was a defensive yes, was. holding call on both defensive on a, both on run plays. It was like wait what? That...
1: Yeah, I remember that play. I think it wasn't Keondre Coburn. It was uh, was it Chris Nelson? He had the center um, pretty good. But not only the flags, but the reviews. Oh. The inconsist- inconsistency of when where were reviews. The helmet
0: pop off. Then, like, the, helmet w- pop off. the West Virginia guy, like, we couldn't see the punch. You know, they don't replay field goals, so you can not see the punch. Dude, like, it was not like.
1: Yeah, exactly. The, the OU guy who punched the tech guy was so much worse than what the West Virginia guy did right. to us. And surprisingly, that had very little impact on the game. I thought we were going to dominate. When I didn't
0: realize were that was play. like their stud left tackle too at the yeah, time. He's good. I, like, because at the time I was like, oh, some like backup guard just got kicked out, like whatever. And then you texted me like, that's their all Big Twelve left tackles. Like, wait, what?
1: Like, yeah, yeah. No, that, that was surprisingly not a very big news in the game. Unfortunately, just Hager's injury probably had something to do with that. But yeah, the, the refs. Uh, I hate you. Don't want to blame the refs, but my God, what. What is going on with the Big 12 refs? Like what why, what's wrong with the reviews? What is
0: I mean the, the yeah this you brought up like the tech OU game was just as bad.
1: I don't know if it's like we don't pay these refs <laughs> what. Like Jesus, not like pay the schools paying I don't think they get paid to the right amount. Yeah. Like, they're, Are they're we like minor league refs or something?
0: Yeah, do we is there like a big like hierarchy like a poaching system in the college football ref? Watch the
1: Pac-12 being like just like on the West Coast. Yeah, like they've got the best (laughs) ones. They're like,
0: oh yeah, oh you you got drafted by the Pac-12. Oh man, he's getting paid. Like yeah, he's got a good job. Yeah, Yeah, he's sitting in San Fran. He's got to pay like three thousand dollars for a five hundred square foot rent, but like he's making a ton of money, so it's worth it. Well,
1: we were really all over the place. The Pac-12
0: pension fund for those refs, man, that's the best one. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. There might be because all I know is we've got the shittiest ones. Personalized. All right, we're um, going to another. To go. All right, all right, we're going to voicemails. We'll sit here and talk about stupid shit forever. Um, this one is one of uh, Maffridge's. Hi,
2: this is Maffridge I'm sitting here <laughs> with Davis and Lena. We're 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 upset. We're not happy. All right, we're we're not happy. But you know what? I will say the season isn't a loss. We still got something to play for, but what's what y'all's expectations? Where are we going from here? Stuart, give me a fucking hot take. I want to hear something, something I can live with, because I know Jack, Eric.
1: <laughs> what are you talking Eric?
0: Then he just hangs up, but, uh, <laughs>
1: I just, I just, he's trying to say my name. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I haven't re-listened to that since Saturday. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. Um, I think
1: he, I, think he, I think <laughs> like just stumbled between Jadkins and Jack and then just hung up.
0: This but... is like Jerry or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um anyways, expectations going forward. I am I've I think John going into the season, John, you're probably a little more optimistic than I was, and I think it is officially flipped. Uh, since then, so if he, he wants a hot take that I honestly truly believe, I really do, is that we will win out the rest of the season. And I think this is the perfect type of momentum game. You get a good win on the road after just two absolute dog shit losses. You come home, you play a very underrated Iowa State team that is has probably the best defense, no, it definitely has the best defense in the Big 12, and it's pretty solid offense, whatever, backup quarterback, but they're good enough and they shut down West Virginia on, uh, and only let them score 14 points. But still, this is the tech game, is the momentum game that you need to go into uh, DKR under the lights against Iowa State and get a win and then go up to Kansas. And yeah, weird things happen in Manhattan on a Friday after Thanksgiving. But we'll, we'll get through that. So that's my hot take. We win out the rest of the season. Big 12 championship? I have no idea. I mean, like. That West Virginia OU game, whatever the over is, I'm taking it. Um, it'll be such a toss-up going into it. So I really don't know.
1: So I think there's a lot of football left to play in the Big 12. I know OU doesn't have anyone. I think they play Oklahoma State this week, and then no – I think I don't know who they play after that. And then they go to Morgantown. And same thing with West Virginia. Um, I'm not convinced that West Virginia is going to win out in terms of games before OU. But ooh, if they do, and ooh. OU wins out, and say we win out, we need West Virginia to beat OU, obviously, and work in town for us to have a chance to go to the Big 12 championship. Um, obviously, from – excuse me, said that backwards. We need OU to beat West Virginia, right? So, uh, if we have head-to-head. Yes, correct. Wait, no, I said it backwards again. No, no we, we... – need, We need head-to-head versus OU, so we need West Virginia to beat yeah, OU. You're right. OU. West Virginia has to beat OU. So I think you're right. I don't think it's a hot take in saying that we will win. We can win out. I don't think. O- I don't think Tech is really that good. I think the fact that Bowman's not playing and Duffy is in is huge. Yes, um, I agree. I think uh, we'll get to the tortilla throwing crazies on a was Saturday playing, night. is um, pretty intimidating, but I think it's a huge swing game. I think it's a very winnable game. Um, I think you then come back, take care of business for Iowa State and Kansas. You're nine and three. Go win a pretty decent bowl game. You're ten and three it's a pretty awesome season but there is a chance that we don't have the leadership that you mentioned earlier in this episode and mentalness I guess mental toughness is not there and we fold versus tech and this goes into a really it's like spirally ending to the season but I agree with you I think it's very plausible or possible that we went out and I expect us to win out and go to uh, the
0: don't say it don't say it what if you're going to say the Texas Bowl, I'll slap you.
1: No. <laughs> no, I don't think we're going to the Texas Bowl. I don't think – I mean, more sl- most likely the Alma Bowl. But God. if we get lucky, we'll go to the Cotton Bowl.
0: Oh, okay. Now we're cooking. Uh, yeah, the point that you made about Bowman being out is very underrated. He got released from the hospital today, I believe, like tonight. Um, but he is uh, number nine in the country in total yards thrown and that's with him missing, I believe, just TCU and just the, the second half against OU. So, still, like uh, he has more yards than uh, Tua and Greer and...
1: Tua never plays in the fourth quarter.
0: Okay, but you know what I mean. It's, All right, let's move on It's to the still next impressible. Voicemail. Okay, this is from our first uh, Oklahoma Sooner voicemail. He actually asked a couple decent questions, even though he's one of the worst OU fans of all time.
1: Hey, Stuart, it's your least favorite student here, Tyler. I was uh, looking over the Texas depth chart earlier, and I was kind of shocked to see how many upperclassmen start for Texas currently. You know, yep. the depth chart I was looking at could be completely wrong, but it looked like you guys only had three underclassmen starting right now. So, like I said, some. could be completely wrong. But the, uh, the two questions I had was uh, going forward, you know, there was probably five or six juniors on that list that I feel like are very notable players. And uh, how many of those guys do you think could potentially make the jump to the NFL soon? You know, we're kind of getting to that part of the season where they uh, there's all these pre-draft projections. And
2: uh, secondly, as uh, Charlie Strong's guys start to graduate,
1: do you think they might see any change in the play style that Herman uses as his own recruits start to get in there? So let me know if you think... Uh...
0: Okay. Um, the senior uh, definitely on defense the senior amount of senior starters is pretty incredible You've yeah got
1: it's it's so I was just seven? I was, one of my notes I want to talk about before we end this episode but good point so you got Hager Charles Gary Boyd Devante that's five and oh excuse me Wheeler six Nelson seven
0: you didn't count Nelson to start well what? and Gary
1: Oh, okay, I said both of them. Is Nelson a senior?
0: Yes, Nelson a senior.
1: So we were losing our starting – our front six? Yeah. And, and our starting corners.
0: And our starting nickelback, who sucks, but still.
1: Whatever. Yeah, so, yeah, the defensive side is very heavily over up, upperclassmen. I think in terms of the second, I guess, question 1B, the uh, guys who might go that are under, under – that are juniors, the only real guys that will have a chance at the end of the day are – CJ and LJH, I mm-hmm. think. Um, one of them will stay, not sure who, but um, defense is one of, something that, when we get to this point in the year, you start thinking about, okay, who, you know, like, like you mentioned the not the NFL draft, but who's starting to leave, um, and I just, it kind of hit me how many seniors we have on the defensive side of the ball, I was like, crap.
0: Yeah, no, there's definitely a lot, um, but yeah, no, it'll be CJ or LJH, one, or the, I really think it'll just be one, but possibly two. But yeah, those are the only two juniors I see leaving, or even thinking about leaving. So, but yeah, there's a lot of seniors on that defensive side. So, thanks for the voicemails. Keep on leaving them, even if you are hey, well, from question Norman.
1: The, I guess new that Charlie Strong's guys are leaving. Oh
0: yeah, I, I mean, I, I, they're not going to be. I think there's going to be more emphasis on Texas players. I think Charlie pissed a lot of coaches off by recruiting Florida so heavily when you have just as good, if not better, players in Texas. And I think Herman realizes that. And everything I've heard is that he's really good with the Texas coaches. And now that Jimbo's over there in College Station, you've got to be really good in Texas if you want to be successful. Uh, If anything, the out-of-state, I think it's going to be more West Coast guys. And you're already seeing that. Um, We got that Jake Smith, that receiver from, I believe, in Arizona. A couple California guys. Uh, So I think that's just kind of where Herman's got a little more roots, Um, and it's a little more conducive to the style of play we have on offense. Defensively, I don't see a big difference in the type of players we're going to go after. But, um, again, thanks for the questions. We do appreciate them. Keep on leaving voicemails. Uh, let's go into it real quick. Tech preview. Um, so we actually have an elimination game. I know I said that last week, but this one actually is. Uh, they just got over that heartbreaking against OU. If you didn't watch that, you're I don't know what you're doing. It was unbelievable uh, offensive battle. I think Bowman. If Bowman doesn't get hurt, I think they win that game.
1: Oh, they win that game for sure. Kyler was. They had OU on the. <laughs> they had OU, and I was reading something on Twitter. I was like, OU faced Iowa State without their quarterback. And they faced, you know, Tech on the road with their quarterback falling for one half, man. So, I don't know. I, I'm is very talented, but I don't think they're that good of a team. And uh, so, I think Bowman is was a, a, definitely the difference in that game.
0: Yeah, no, 100%. So, I mean, but Kingsbury's Kingsbury. He's got to be salivating at the tape that our defense is, is going to have um, for him for the – from the past two weekends, especially going against offenses that are basically his own, he's gonna be pretty pumped to go up against us. Uh, what they're five and four and three and three in the Big 12 right now. Uh, yeah, they have a chance to uh, end up in third in the Big 12 if they win out, which is crazy to say. But yeah, those night night games in Lubbock, that's interesting. That's gonna be uh, rocking. Even though it's only 6:30, it's still gonna be going big time. Now the daylight savings, it's gonna be completely dark. They're all going to have the freaking eye, eye black on. I'm just – I'm getting PTSD from 2008 right now. Are they going to
1: do a blackout again?
0: Oh, 100% will.
1: So, yeah. I mean, a tortilla throwing crazies up there in um, Lubbock. I've heard bad stories from all sorts of people who have gone up to games there, who have actually played on that field, heard horror stories. Um, so, it's just a tough environment, but I'm not convinced – that they're really that good of a team. I think the the Ole Miss loss is kind of a long time ago, but, you know, they played OU well. They lost to West Virginia. They got smoked by Iowa State, I believe, up in Ames. So, kind of an all-over-the-board kind of team this year. Very typical Um, Tech. Very typical Tech, and I guess the issue has been their quarterback, you know, the never-ending carousel of quarterback situation this year. So, uh, let's jump into a few names to look out for. Antoine uh, Wesley and TJ Vasher are targets that are, I guess, they're leading receivers or there might be another man in between the two. But Vasher's a guy who tore us up last year in DKR. So keep an eye out for those guys. Um, Vasher being a taller receiver that they might be able to take advantage of. Devontae or Boyd um, being a little bit shorter. Is Devonte going to play?
0: I haven't seen anything yet. So okay. What about Hager? I haven't seen anything yet.
1: What about B. Jones?
0: I haven't seen anything yet.
1: All right, here we go again. Yep. Um, and then they're running back to Zahn. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Henry. um, rushed for a lot this year. So I don't want to go look up the number exactly, but he's their starting running back. Um, and their QB, as we've kind of mentioned a few times, is Duffy for this weekend, unless some miracle happens. Um, so... What defense will show up, you know? Um, actually, let, let, let's let you talk about the Tech defense real quick before I jump into my prediction.
0: Yeah, they're pretty uh, typical Tech defense. They're uh, one of the last in the Big 12 in giving up yards per play. Um, turnover margin, they're pretty mediocre. I think they're like minus two. Uh, they Where they do strive um, on defense is they are number one in the Big 12 in opponent uh, third-down conversions. I think it's something crazy, like 30. Three percent, which is very surprising against a you know typical tech defense. I think they kind of play the opposite of a bendum break. They're really going to bring the house and try and force you into some turnovers, try and force you into some bad um, plays and get you off balance. And they're fine giving up a few big plays if that means you get they get an interception. So well,
1: good this, thing we go for it on fourth down like eighty percent of the time. Hey, I
0: love it, but with uh, Sam at, at the helm and the way he's been playing, I'm really am confident of this team. I, I I said before we're going undefeated and I'm sticking with it. I'm going to say Horns 45, Tech 38. Wow. Yep. On the road. Wow. Big time.
1: So my score is kind of pending some of those defensive guys coming back, but I think the Horns win as well 42 to 30. Um, if Hager and Devontae are playing or excuse me, Hager and B. Jones are playing. I think we hold them to 30 points. Just Duffy, I don't think has a full game in him to score or keep up with our offense. Um, I think we'll have a trick play under our sleeve this Ooh. game. That's my hot take. Going into Lubbock, you got to do something fancy. Shut that crowd up. So I think the Horns win 42-30 to 30. and shout out to all the guys making the trip up from Midland. Andrew Campbell Midland. up it. Uh, you from Midland, um, Austin, all those guys, shout out to y'all. Get Rowdy on the way up there. Have a good time, and I fully expect to see you guys on TV since they're sitting, I think, in a tech section. So, um, get Rowdy, get a win, pull, pull us through. So, okay. real,
0: real quick, games of the week. It's a pretty slow week, but we always got to do them. Clemson at Boston College, college game day at 7 p.m. Clemson is minus 20, and I am hammering the Tigers. I just don't see Boston College coming up. Big against Clemson is really rolling now and looks like the only team that could even come close to taking over, uh, taking off Bama. So,
1: yeah, I uh, think Clemson has covered five straight games, something like that. Yeah, yeah, and they're they're starting to roll. Um, so, uh, Boston College at night, game days there, sounds kind of seems like a fake environment that probably won't be that rowdy. Might be a little cold. Um, but take Clemson. They're on a roll. Clemson will be the only team that gives Alabama a scare, but Alabama wins the national championship surprise. Um, so, yeah, take Clemson. Surprise,
0: motherfucker. Uh, Mississippi State at Bama, 230 oh, CBS game, I believe. Uh, yeah, most likely. Bama's minus 23 and a half. Uh, you don't make money betting against Alabama, and I'm sticking with it. I'm still rolling with the tide. I, I don't see anyone coming clo- close within three touchdowns with them all season have they
1: covered so. every game except for like the Arkansas game or something
0: They t- uh, depends on when you got them against A&M but yeah they at least almost every game except Arkansas so they've covered every first half line and obviously to uh, like you said have played in the fourth quarter so take that so
1: pleasure. let's see Ohio State visits Michigan State um early game 11 a.m. that's surprising um surprised it's not a night game, but Michigan State's had a very up and down year, they took down Penn State, they've been on a little bit of a roll this uh, the last few weeks um, don't think they have enough though Ohio State's kind of already had their wake up call over at Purdue, so I think Ohio State with Dwayne Askins and uh, running back from LaGrange, what's his name, J.K. Dobbins Dimes, um, yeah. very surprising how many five star Texas guys are on that team Jeffrey Acuda yeah. Aaron Browning Yep. Uh, if we had Baron audience, Browning right
0: now, if we had Baron Browning right now, we win this past game by two touchdowns.
1: God, there's one more guy. It's Baron Browning, Jeffrey Cuda Oh, Kendall Sheffield. That, oh, uh, that transfer. Yeah. Yeah. So, four or five five-star guys that left Texas during Charlie Strong's era. Um, both Sumlin and Charlie struggled to get those guys. To yeah. State. And
0: so, both are for it. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, yeah, I think Ohio State uh, wins this game big time.
0: Okay, I, I'm i going to go Michigan State because Ohio State looked absolutely terrible this past week against Nebraska. Yeah. Haskins threw like two picks against a, a pitiful Nebraska team. It was one in freaking seven or whatever. So I actually like the Spartans in this. 11 a.m. game is going to be weird. East Lansing is kind of a weird place to play. D'Antonio is good for one of these games every single season where they like upset like big one. And this really isn't that big of an upset. It's three points, but... I'm still I'm taking Sparty. Um, last uh, Auburn at Georgia, six o'clock. Georgia is minus fourteen. Auburn looked really good in that fourth quarter against a And M. They obviously a And M just kind of shit the bed, but no, a
1: And M gave that game
0: up. Still, I I they looked better than what they had looked like. So I. I Uh, I might take Auburn. I haven't decided on this one, actually. No,
1: Georgia at home, I think Stidham is a little overrated right now. I don't think he's really – He's
0: definitely overrated. No, you're right. I don't think
1: he's fitting those uh, system very well. But Georgia at home, night game, Georgia wins and covers.
0: All right, that wraps it up for week 11. Have fun up in tech, tortilla throwing, crazies. Uh,
1: Make sure you watch our Instagram live tomorrow Oh, Instagram live tomorrow
0: at 8 o'clock. I think Webb's the only one listening right now, and he lives with me, so he's going to have to watch it. But anyone else, please check us out. Please follow us on Instagram. Get all your codes to do it. Get all your friends. Get all your t shirts and your hats and your belts back. We'll right, see you on next week.
2: Let's jump in my El Camino. Uh uh-huh. uh. Roll the windows down. We'd see what kind of trouble we can find out On this messed up little town Put the boss on the radio uh-huh. Take whatever comes We'll go flying down the highway With my arm around you Singing bone It feels just like it should Must be some kind Your style, and I drown here in, in this ocean just to have you float my boat for a while. I've got a reputation, uh-huh. but don't you worry about that. Just give me a chance, and we're never gonna ever look back. And if Never gonna fall